Well, there's so much great sport going on. Of course, ABC Sport covering the Australian Tennis Open for the first time in nine or ten years as well in Melbourne. And a real sport lover is the Premier of South Australia, Peter Malinowskis, and he joins us here in the box. Premier, good afternoon. Great to see you. Thanks for having us, Andrew. Appreciate the chance. You do love your sport, don't you? And what you've done since becoming Premier has been quite extraordinary. You've, you've talked about bringing big events to Adelaide and locking them in, and you've done that. You must be very proud of that. Yeah, it's worked out better than we could have hoped, to be honest, Andrew. The, the gather-round uh, for the AFL was a, an entirely new, untested concept for what I think is our national game. And, uh, well, we're going to have some fun talking about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll have yeah. an argument about that. But, the, but it, was in a, it was a resounding success. And, look, our mandate, we were seeking to stimulate parts of the economy that had suffered during the pandemic. Yep. And we saw sporting events as a, as a means to do that, not exclusively sport, but events more broadly. And the gather-round and getting the world's best, well, some of the world's best golfers, many of the world's best golfers, I've lived golf, was another success in that way. And we certainly have got a bit of an aspiration to grow the prominence of the Adelaide Test, given that it's working off such a strong base as well. The live golf, some may have seen that as a risk because there's so much, you know, to and froing between PGA um, traditionalists, yeah. obviously, and, and what's happened with the, um, the Saudi money and live golf, very controversial, huge money at stake. Yeah. But a three-round event was one of the most successful we've ever seen in this country. Did it even blow you away how successful it was with crowds and TV figures and all of that? That's a good question. You're right about it being a risk. It was a, it was a really big risk because uh, we started engaging with them at a professional level uh, actually not that long before the event was held itself. So just getting it put on in time, a lot of controversy around it. Um, but here's what informed my judgment. Uh, Australia hasn't seen the world's best golfers here for a long period of time. We never get the big names. Uh, we might get one or two, but never a, the really big names. The President's Cup gets good turnout, but that's yep. not a regular event. So we've been deprived seriously high-quality golf in Australia for too long a time. During the course of the pandemic, golf had a resurgence unlike we've ever seen, particularly amongst younger followers uh, and players. So we knew there was an untapped market there, and that's what informed our judgment to give it a go. In terms of how it played out with the crowds, uh, it sh again, it beat our expectations. And, and of course, with John Rahm signing, the world number three more recently to participate in Live, he's now going to be here next year along with a whole range of other major winners, including Australia's best golfer and Cam Smith. So on every, in every respect, um, we're excited about it. And we just hope that the PGA and Live can reach an agreement through the negotiations that are under the way at the moment. They'll be good for the game. Well, at some point midway through 2023, it looked like that was happening. And then there were questions being asked about the future of it being here in South Australia. Were you concerned that that may not no. go ahead if there's a merger or not? No, no, I'm not. The Look, what construct Live ends up in will inform that. But for as long as there is a there is Live or a version of it, it's here in South Australia. We've got a, we're going to contract with them over the course of the next four years. So... We're confident about that. Plus, we've demonstrated that we can make the event a success. So um, we just, like I said, but for the sake of the game of golf, I think we all like the idea of the PGA and Live reaching some sort of accommodation where the best players in the world can choose to where they, where they play, and I think that's pretty rational. Some of the other events you mentioned, Gather Round, and I call Rugby League the NRL in the, in the winter months, and the Magic Round has been a ra yes. raging success up in, at Lang Park in Brisbane. And it's a, it's a great occasion. It's three days, all at the one venue with eight yeah. games being played. And, you know, 45,000 people every day just walking around the city. It's different. It's yeah. great. And I was glad they haven't moved it, that they're going to stay up there at 
Lang Park in Brisbane. And, and that idea came from the English Super League, who have been doing it for a long, long time. Gather round a bit harder with AFL because games, you know, go for three hours as opposed to two hours. So you can't fit them all at one venue. Was that a difficult thing to negotiate? Yeah, and work uh, out? so there was, a, there was a few different elements to what you've said. I'll be a bit cheeky. I mean, we, we also have bigger crowds than the NRL. First you know, shot, I know, fine. I had yeah. <laughs> go on. But, but, but bigger crowds, more games. How many uh, people did you get to Norwood Oval or wherever it was? Well, that, 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 that's where we can accommodate the smaller grounds. But, okay. I mean, Norwood Oval, look, I would make Norwood Oval bigger if we could um, because it's oversubscribed in terms of the crowds there. But, but look, we see Gather Round as an economic investment as far as the state is concerned beyond just a good time. And it's an opportunity for us to showcase places outside of Metropolitan Adelaide. And one of the virtues of our state's geography is that you, you can get in an hour, Andrew, from here and you'll be in the Brosser Valley yep. um, or an hour south, in, less than an hour in McLaren Vale. So, um, and then we've got the Adelaide Hills in half an hour's drive away. So the, the opportunity to host games in those settings, particularly for the smaller, well, the smaller clubs, when I say smaller clubs, you know, smaller crowds, gives us an opportunity to showcase the state to the rest of the nation and tell the story um, of the economic journey that we're on. So um, for us, it's strategic as much as it is about showcasing a, a good event. What about in terms of people flying into Adelaide? Um, we always hear big fancy figures about that for any event. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's, what's the realistic bonus financially in terms of the tourism that comes in for those well, three or four days? Well, on the gather round, it was an $85 million economic benefit. And for an economy of our size, that's not insignificant at all. Um, I mean, every hotel was fully booked. All the high yield rates you'd, ex you'd, you'd expect. So in terms of interstate visitation, the gather round in particular, along with like Live Golf, 30% of all the tickets we sold were to interstate and 10% right. were overseas. So that's that's a really disproportionately high number. Um, and like that, so that you want these events to wash their own face economically, but the power for us, Andrew, is that we're the fastest growing economy in the nation, and I know we're not here to talk about these things, but we're the fastest growing economy in the nation at the moment, um, and we need more people attracted to our state, and these events give us the chance to showcase it. Another thing that the Adelaide 500 in the, the supercars always been a big traditional favourite, but through COVID we didn't have it for a couple of years, and that was you who was was no no the, the, the former government made the decision to cancel it no no to bring it back I'm talking about uh, yeah I oh, so we bought it back yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right look, look motorsports got a, an enthusiastic followership around the nation including here at home and uh, that's a great event I'm not I'm not I wouldn't describe myself as a petrol head you'd find me more likely in this environment at the Allied Oval. But, um, but the people who follow motorsport do it with extraordinary enthusiasm and they're willing to spend big money. And so large numbers too, yeah. Very large numbers. So, um, you know, there's a place for everything. One person's trash is another person's treasure and we want to try and account for all markets. So you're, you've been very vocal, both in the election campaign and since Premier, about being, bringing the big events. And yep. we'll get onto the, the cricket side of things in a moment or two. Yeah. To Adelaide or, or back to Adelaide, what's next? What, what's your next plan? Oh, we're always looking for opportunities. It's not just about sports, though. The state's got an extraordinary tradition in regards to the festival and the arts, and I think there's an opportunity to elevate that. And uh, there are a coterie of people who travel around the world for world, for high-quality international arts festivals, and, again, um, that's an Arthur market again. So, well, look, we're always looking for opportunities. It's got to stack up economically, otherwise it doesn't justify the taxpayer investment. We have a lot of demands, like any government, 
on investing in a whole range of services. So we're not looking to spend good money after bad. It's only where it actually delivers a return to the state. This is Grandstand at Lunch. I'm Andrew Moore, joined today here in the broadcast box by the South Australian Premier Peter Malinowskis. Let, let's get to the cricket because yeah. you've been rather vocal about certain things. Yeah, I'm fired up about this. When it comes to Adelaide Oval, the placement of the Test match, um, who, the opponents of the Test match, uh, we can get to a bit of Adelaide v Sydney. Slug, slug that out the moment or two as well. I need Stewie Clark to help me there because Stewie, <laughs> Stewie is the very vehemently opposed to any view you've expressed about sure. moving anything from Sydney. Yeah, yeah. But let, let's start at the beginning. The placement of the Adelaide Test is here we are now towards mid-January, back to a day test match against the West Indies. And you're not so happy. I, I love... Look, I've been a SACA member since I was a, a kid. Um, my dad put me on the waiting, waiting list the day I was born, so I, I declare that conflict to the extent that it is one. I don't mind the day test, uh, and I know a lot of, lot of cricket followers here in the state who like the day test as much as the day-night test, so I don't mind sort of moving back and forth between those formats. But frankly, I do think cricket administrators have treated, treated South Australia with contempt this time around. Uh, we played West Indies last year, and here we are, uh, 12, less than 12 months later, playing them again. Um, which means an active decision was made to deny us Pakistan, despite the fact we played West Indies last year. And Pakistan, of course, have a, a higher ranking than the West Indies do at the moment. So I, I think that's incredibly poor form. But I think that I, what I'm um, really disappointed in is that the Cricket Australia have decided to start the Test match on a Wednesday. Now, the crowd today looks pretty good, right? And that's because South Australians always turn up. Um, but we are actively depriving people the ability to come to the first day of the test by starting on a Wednesday because it means they have to take the day off work. Now we do have a cost of living challenge around the country at the moment and we're asking people not just to fork out huge money to come to the cricket, we're asking people to take a day off annual leave which comes at its own expense in order to come to the cricket three times. Um, unless of course the, the, the test match gets to the weekend which I, I desperately hope because it's my best chance of coming. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's any rational justification for starting a test match on a Wednesday and then deprive a city and a state that on a per capita basis leaves everybody else in their wake in terms of turning up to the cricket, uh, I, I think is quite frankly a little bit outrageous. So what are you thinking when you're watching day one of the first test of the summer in Perth at that 60,000 seat stadium and 16,000 people turn up? Well, I, I, think, I think Cricket Australia reap what they sowed. I think, I think Cricket Australia made a decision, so they're going to go over to Perth and, and flog a dead horse over there because this, they've got form and have, and have very few people turn up on day one of the test. They started there on a Thursday uh, and they got the result. Now, if that test had been in Adelaide starting on a Thursday, we would have eclipsed the crowd of 16,000 that they've got. We're starting our test here on a Wednesday and I think we're already above 20,000 and it's not lunch yet. And everyone's back at work. Yeah, and everyone's back at work. So, I mean, let's, just to give your, your listeners a bit more context so that I don't sound too parochial, although I probably already have. I, I think that, that shipped up, <laughs> yeah. but that, that's OK. <laughs> the, the, the Adelaide Test has, over the last 10 years, averaged a crowd across the, the Test match of 116,000. Um, that's second only to Melbourne. And on a per, per capita basis, we eclipse Melbourne. So we get bigger crowds to Test matches than the SCG in Sydney with a population four times our size. So we beat them in raw numbers, let alone on per capita numbers. So the Adelaide test gets bigger crowds than the SCG test. And here's Cricket Australia saying, well, look, uh, to all those South Australians out there who have treated the game loyally, show up, pay their money, we're going to relegate your schedule to midweek cricket 
against a, a, a lower opposition um, because we're going to take you for granted. And um, I think someone's got to call that out. Uh, and so when I was asked my opinion about it by a journalist, I was more than happy to express my, express my view and they put on the front page accordingly. Is there much toing and froing between a state government and Cricket Australia in terms of scheduling these things or not? Well, well look, we're, we're always happy to engage and partner. Um, Cricket Australia know my view about this. Um, I'm not... I'm probably more interested in actually what we do from this point forward than I am about complaining about the situation we've got ourselves in this year. There is a discussion going on between uh, the, cricket, the State Cricket Association and Cricket Australia about a, a schedule across a seven-year period to give people certainty. So when's the ideal time for well, an LA I, test? Look, I think one of the things that's been mooted is the possibility of the LA test having its own special spot in the calendar uh, immediately prior to Christmas. So later in the de month of December, across, a w across the weekend immediately prior to Christmas, to a, and that still allows a gap for the players between... Uh, the Adelaide, an Adelaide test and the Boxing Day test. Which I feel like we've kind of been at in recent years. Well, we, it, well, often it's been at the beginning of December. Okay. Um, later December generally brings better weather than on average than early December, which is better if it is a day-night fixture. Um, but it also gives people a chance to travel from interstate as we start to enter into that more seasonal uh, festivity period. So uh, I support the concept of a Christmas test. Um, it's got to be against the premium sides rather than being relegated to the, the second team that comes. And I think that would represent a, a good uh, recognition from Cricket Australia that this is a, a state that turns up, is loyal to the sport and wants to grow Test cricket, uh, not just here in South Australia, but more broadly. Because I, I guess with the, the state of world cricket at the moment, you've got India next summer, we've got Very England exciting. then. Can't wait. So that they're going to be, they, no matter where they put it, you're going to get great crowds here and, and everywhere else. But it's against the other nations where you've got to to really fly the flag to get, you know, if there's, yep. like this summer, Pakistan and West Indies, yep. bearing in mind you had Wendy's last year, you want Pakistan this year. That's right, which is why coming to the cricket can be more about the cricket itself. And um, you'd be familiar with Andrew that, you know, on the other side of the, the Western Grandstand from where we are now, you know, it's more than just the cricket, it's yep. a festival. And uh, people travel from far and wide to come and experience the Adelaide Test because it is unique in its offering beyond the cricket itself. Um, if we have a test match that goes for five days, even better. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the Adelaide test really is a demonstration for Cricket Australia and cricket globally that if you do it well, if you make the experience something you can enjoy without necessarily having a, a close contest, that's good for everybody, including the game. And most importantly, probably to me, is making sure that my young lad loves test cricket as much as he is enjoying Big Bash. So you were born, I can see the roof of the hospital you were born in, it's about yeah. 500 metres down at that yeah. that northern end of the ground or beyond the northern end. I'm That's Sydney right. born and raised. So the Sydney test, I can't defend the weather over the SCG test, it's horrific year after year, although we only lost half a day at the start of this year, we'll take that. So you're not serious about moving the test match to start the new year away from Sydney, surely? No, look, I, I don't think I don't see that as a more as a particularly realistic proposition. I'd grab any opportunity I can on behalf of my state. That's what my job is. But I think the the more pragmatic um, approach would be see the Adelaide Test get that fixture that's immediately close to Christmas gives a certainty to plan around, and that's something that the state government would willing to get behind and support. Particularly because we want more people from interstate being able to enjoy this unique environment. Um, and that, that's something we would be willing to invest effort into. So your love of sport is legitimate and clear, but 
part of your campaign, if memory serves, to become Premier was scrapping an idea from the previous government about a new $600 million sporting entertainment facility, yep. I think down beyond us at the northern end near that's the right. River Torrance. Yeah, that's right. Why was that scrapped and, and is that, well, dead that buried or well, do that, you need another facility? No, no, we're, we're pretty happy with the state of the major facilities at the moment. That was a... Um, political you want me to be, but that, that was a $690 million proposition um, that was, you know, a basketball stadium and we just didn't think that represented the, the high priority of the states in terms of capital investment. Um, we've got a challenge, as I think we see around the country, in terms of wanting to increase the capacity of our hospital system. The investments that we make in, in events like Gather Around Live Golf aren't anywhere near, we're not even, even talking in the same ballpark of a $690 million investment. So we saw the opportunity for far more modest investment around events themselves to use existing capital infrastructure like Adelaide Oval, gives a good economic return, and that frees up $690 million worth of capital to invest in other areas of government delivery like hospitals, which is something that's a priority of ours. What about the entertainment centre? Does that Well, that goes pretty well. I was there, I went there to a 36ers game a couple of weeks ago at the, our you know, Adelaide basketball side, um, and you know that was the biggest crowd they've ever had to a basketball game in the state's history for the 36ers, 9,500. It's immediately close to the CBD, like it's a stone's throw from the CBD um, in the scheme of things and public transport amenities. So that works quite well. And the Adelaide Thunderbirds, our netball side, has just moved this year to start playing there on a permanent basis. That's a state government owned and operated um, uh, entertainment centre. So now we've now got the the Thunderbirds and the 36ers playing there and it seems to be working exceedingly well. And for people who haven't been to the Adelaide Test or come here for a concert or uh, for you know, arts festivals or, or anything, AFL, this is rather unique that it's no more than a 10-minute walk from the middle of the city and yeah. that's how most people get to this ground. Uh, they might be certainly when the day-night tests are on, you go and have yeah. an early lunch or something and wander down. Yeah. And, and likewise, in this area, people 6 o'clock or 5.30 when play ends tonight, they'll be walking up into town to have a feed. That's, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I love the day test is because people finish at the cricket and then head into town and go to the pub or, or one of the million restaurants that, that are there. Um, it adds vibrancy to our city and our state. The proximity of the Oval to the immediate CBD in our principal entertainment district um, is highly advantageous. I mean, we all know the other grounds around the country, you know, they've got that in different iterations, but nothing in quite that immediate walking distance like we have. You are in your early 40s. You're the Premier. You're looking ridiculously good, Nick. Is it right you're still playing footy from time to time? Yeah, I played a few games. I, 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 yeah, so I played for... I'm, I'm really average at footy. OK. But I, I just love it, love it. I've been playing at Adelaide Uni uh, Footy Club, which is just behind us on the other side of the oval here. Is and it a good outlet getting away from Parliament and best. debates it's and all the, that? It's yeah. the best. Because you're playing with blokes that you've known forever, although I'm the fossil in the side these days. And, um, look, it's, it's just sport is a great equaliser and, you know, there's no politics involved and you can just give each other a, a hard time and have a bit of fun. And I, I miss that outlet not playing week in, week out. Last year I only got six games in, I think, and we got knocked out in the elimination final which I played appallingly badly in. But um, I, I, just, I just enjoy that, that camaraderie in the change room after a game. There's nothing beats it. So, but all good things come to an end. And uh, my wife is... I've been promising my You're wife... You're announcing your retirement. No, I'm, I'm, look, it's, I've been phasing it out. Um, I promised my wife I was going to have my last season in 2012. OK. And, and we lost the grand final, so that didn't work. We came back and won it the next year. And then she said, oh, great, that's it. And then we've been chasing another flag ever since. <laughs>
Well, you may still be around next year. <laughs> we're, we're, we've only got a, a minute or so left before we head to the ABC News. What about cricket? Did you play much cricket? Uh, yeah, I played cricket at school, but I wasn't I wasn't much chop. So I, I took a cricket coaching course through the SACA, through the South Australian Cricket Association, and um, then I coached junior cricket for 10 years. And I got as much enjoyment I did out as that um, playing the game. So um, thoroughly enjoy it, but far better um, trying to inspire others rather than um, doing that through uh, having people follow my actions. So the crowd, by the way, just over 22,000. All right, we're coming up to News Premier. Great to meet you. Enjoy the rest of the test. Appreciate it. Thanks, Andrew.